Hi, hello, and welcome to K Out and About, a podcast about my random travel occurrences. This is season one, episode three, The Struggles. So I'm back in Sweden, and I have to say, I didn't get anyone in London to sit down with me for an interview. Well, people seem weirdly shy when suddenly you want to record them while asking some personal questions. But fret not, I will get someone to talk eventually. Previously, I told you about my inspiration and the big adventure that changed my life. But now I think it's time to talk about some of the more problematic aspects of moving abroad. Most of them I had no idea about, like migration or job offices. Um, it all works different in all different countries. It even varies around the European Union, obviously. And looking back, I think the easiest one I had to deal with was in the end the U.S., And of course, it was a very long time ago. It was 2001, pre-9-11. Although, mind you, getting the visa was a, a fucking nightmare, as I mentioned in the previous um, episode. And actually, um, I do have to mention this. Till this day, Polish people, although members of the EU, um, they have, we have to apply for a visa in order to enter the US. Out of fucking rages, uh, if you ask me. So the kind of visa I had was J-1 for students on a work and travel program. And once I have entered the U.S., um, there was an organized meeting in New York and they have collected our applications for social security numbers. And of course, I had a pre-rent job. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gotten the visa in the first place. So within a few weeks, I got the number. HR took it, applied it to my payslip, and that was pretty much it. Naturally, there were limitations. It, I was only allowed to work for four months and had one additional month for traveling. Hence, the name of the program, Work and Travel. And uh, I've done the program twice, actually. Another easy uh, migration was uh, was Austria. I only had to register uh, my address. However, it was 2005 and rules were slightly different for Polish people looking for work. So we needed a special permit. And uh, after 200 CVs and just a few interviews, I just... I just started doubting myself. Um, I was thinking about just giving up. I was straight out of uni, and don't get me wrong, I did have a job. Uh, I did have jobs before, but I don't know. I was convinced there was maybe something wrong with my CV. There wasn't. Um, I turned to the UK, so um, I've sent three applications um, to UK and Ireland, and out of the three, I got two jobs within days. Um, so it was time to move again. Uh, until today, I actually treat Vienna as my long holiday after uni. I was living in a beautiful district near Schönbrunn uh, Palace with my dear friend Belinda. And we had this awesome apartment with an Ikea kitchen. And it was like around nine or ten months of just watching reruns of Charmed, Gilmore Girls, obviously in German. I took up knitting... I crocheted, uh, don't laugh, I met a lot of fancy schmancy bits and bobs like a mosaic table and an advent calendar, where was Etsy then, I ask you. I took up cooking, out of total boredom, I was completely useless at it, I still am and I don't like it. Oh, and I wrote a book, well I finished it in London but I wrote most of it in Vienna, so garp of me. Um, UK was also quite straightforward actually, although I didn't have all the information at the beginning. 
getting a job was the easiest. Um, as I said, I wasn't even in the UK when I got it. Then they told me I should register with the job center. And from there, they would send me my national insurance number. Okay. I thought I was it. No, I wasn't. At the time, people from the so-called new EU countries had to register with the home office. But I only found that after like six months, I was already living there. Well, clearly, nobody cared. And I, I arrived in London with 100 quid in my pocket. And it had to last me for five weeks. And the last week before payday, I only had a pound and a half. And if not for the food provided for the employees at the hotel where I worked, I would have probably starved to death. Um, the only thing I spent the money on at the beginning, the first day actually, was a duvet, a pillow, and the Oyster card. Um, and that was already around 60 quid. Well, people who live in London will not know what I'm talking about. My 11 years in London and the love-hate relationship um, I have with it, they do deserve a separate episode, so you will get to hear all the details, don't worry. In Spain, I didn't even bother registering, actually. Uh, that was a year before Vienna. I went there for, uh, for the summer to find a job and earn some money, and that was still pre-credit crunch, so um, finding a job was sort of easy and it was quite well paid I couldn't I couldn't complain really what else yeah I mean the only thing in Spain was that their idea of a day off working in the summer so within the you know tourist busy season the idea of a day off was you were starting at 5 p.m instead of noon well I pretty much worked there illegally so I wasn't complaining that much um so out of all the countries um, I lived previously in, um, Costa Rica was until recently the most ridiculous migration nightmare. I did have my friend Eduardo to help me as a translator. Otherwise, I, I would have been completely lost. Um, I think I have visited La Megra about four times by the time they said they have all the documents needed and they can now start processing my application because there was always something missing. Finally, I think it was middle of April, they said they had everything. They also gave me a document I have to have on me um, at all times, stating that my application was being processed. Now, initially, I was supposed to fly home at the end of July, uh, and you're allowed to stay in Costa Rica for 90 days without visa. And again, this is info for people with Polish passport. I landed in December, so... Come February, I started my pilgrimage to Migra. And then June, I think it was the 12th, I got a message I needed to pick up my permit. Yay, fantastic. Well, <laughs> don't ask me where the logic was. But after months of processing, they allowed me to stay in the country for three weeks until the end of June Although I had my return ticket with the end of July date. What the fuck? So what did I do? Well, the only thing all the migrants from all the Latin countries were doing, I took a bus to the border in order to leave Costa Rica and re-enter it for another 90 days, which would have been enough till October, because in the meantime I have decided to stay until October. What I didn't know was that uh, you have to you had to leave the country for at least 3 days because obviously all migrants were doing it so the government got smart 
So I got on the bus in San Jose and went to this weird place called Paso Canoas, where I left Costa Rica, walked across a muddy road, entered Panama, visited a few souvenir shops, left Panama, and walked back happily to enter Costa Rica again, where they said, no, fuck off. Well, I had the equivalent of probably $10 with me, no credit card, it was 2003, and I'm from Poland. We didn't do credit cards as such. Oh, and I had a packet of biscuits. And they told me I had to stay there for three days. Okay. Well, the mental breakdown did happen, but not there and then. Like a zombie, I just followed a family, I think, from Nicaragua, to a so-called hotel nearby, about 50 meters from the border office, and rented a room. Uh, around $4 a night. Super cheap, but I still didn't have enough money for three days. Then I saw the room. I've seen prisons on TV that looked more inviting. Cement walls, single bed, and calling it a bed is actually an overstatement. Then towards the back wall, there were two kind of partitions, like about shoulder height, Behind the left one, there was a pipe sticking out of the wall and a small faucet, and that was the shower. Behind the right one, so right behind the bed, there was a toilet. That's it. I left the room. I sat down on the deck chair near reception, lit a cigarette, and just took in what happened. I was by myself in the middle of fucking nowhere. If you look at the map and, and find Paso Canoas, there's just jungle around it for hundreds of kilometers. And I actually went on uh, Google <laughs> Maps yesterday to check. Um, and the town got much bigger. Uh, but it was still eight hour bus ride from San Jose. No clue how far it was to the nearest city in Panama. But if I had to find a place with an embassy of any kind, it was fucking far. Uh, I had almost no money left and just some minutes on my phone card. Because, again, 2003, not really a working cell phone or probably there was no reception anyway. Or, you know, forget roaming. Now, I'm not a big smoker, really just a social one. But that day, for the first time in my life, I had about four cigarettes of my own and one after the other. I also didn't realize at the time that I was crying. Uh, the receptionist and, and a buddy of his, um, they were watching me for a while. And then, you know, they, come, they came over and asked what happened. So I told them roughly the story I just told you, without dissing the room, obviously. They nodded. Okay, they probably heard many of those stories on a regular basis. And it turned out that the receptionist's buddy actually worked at the border crossing, at, at the border office or whatever it's called. And he said he will see what he can do. Now... It's time to tell you about one of the most stupid things I have ever done in my life. Um, unknowingly uh, smuggling weed over the border story aside. And I was also the luckiest I've ever been uh, that I know of, of course. Uh, that evening, I finished the box of biscuits, literally like cried myself to sleep. I was just mentally out. So when someone knocked at my door in the morning... I had no idea what the fuck was going on. Um, it was the guy, uh, the receptionist buddy, that said he worked at the border office. So he said he may be able to get me a stamp. He just needed my passport. And I'm, you probably guessed it already. I just handed it to him. 
and I swear to you, it didn't even dawn on me then what I've what I've done. I just had a shower, started wondering what the hell am I going to do for breakfast? And and then the miracle happened. The guy just showed up back at my door within probably not even half an hour with my passport and the stamp in it. He did say something about that. Maybe we could have dinner that evening. But believe you me, I was on the next bus to San Jose. Now, I don't know who this guy really was. My head, my head wasn't functioning right during those 24 hours. He might have been the biggest sleazebag in town, preying on unsuspecting female tourists or idiots like me. But to me, he was one of the most decent guys I've ever met. And I don't even remember his name. I'm not sure I even knew it then. Once I was back in San Jose, I thought, oh, I'll send him a thank you letter or something. And I realized not only I didn't know his name but or the address. And I know Paso Canoas at the time was a small village. But how was I to address the envelope? To the guy who arranged for an early entry stamp in a Polish passport? Well, that will get him into trouble. And I know there's no chance of him actually listening to these words right now. But wherever you are, you're my hero. However, um, that dinner wouldn't have happened anyway. So, yeah. So once I've dealt with Costa Rica's migration office and my stupidity, I never thought I will have to deal with confusing bureaucracy ever again. Oh, how wrong was I? Over there, um, I wasn't that bothered to cheat, like, you know, going across the border and re-entering, because the system was designed to give you a headache. Um, In a way, it reminded me of Poland um, in the 80s. People would spend half their lives just wondering how to get around the absurdity of the system. It was either that or you were in a Kafka novel without a way out. But then I got to Sweden. One of the most advanced countries in Europe? Or so I thought. This, however, is a tale for a whole separate episode, and it will be coming soon. Are there things I want to share with you? The next episode, however, uh, will hopefully feature a mystery guest, and it will be titled The Going Home Situation. Thank you for listening, and until next time.